Hello, everyone, and welcome back to part two, week part four duh. of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with the only two twins that shave their chests with Gillette's, Michael and Jason Petrop. That didn't even rhyme, first off. Yes, it did. Clear trying to rhyme. Chess with Gillette's? Gillette's? Chess with Gillette's. It, the it, way you said it sounded very strange. Save, save their chest with You're going to tell me how to rhyme? You forget who does the wrap-up over here, buddy? <laughs> All right, the wrap-up. Check it out, by the way. Brodo wrap-up. I, I don't shave week. my chest, though. Also, check out the website videos tab. The wrap up is there. Yeah. Um, let's wrap up these games. Let's get right into week two. The Broto Fantasy Podcast begins. I mean, the second part of week four. The Broto Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Broto Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. The wrap-up has its own page on our site, so go check that out, and you can watch all the wrap-ups in order. Thanks, bro. Appreciate that. Appreciate the plug. Yeah. I mean, we, we ended the the prior to beginning with the wrap-up, so you started with the wrap-up, but all it's all it's, it's like a circle. It's a circle. If you don't know, it's where I spit bars to uh, wrap up the league. I saw someone else who raps about football today. He's not that good. I've seen a couple, and they're both trash. Yeah. Not that good is a nice way to put it. Yeah, but um, I'm going to be nice because I don't want no rap beef. Although I dominate that rap beef. Yeah, you do. All yeah. right. Let's, uh, let's move on to uh, some yeah, AFC East beef transition fire. Don't forget to visit, um, by the way, thrivefantasy.com. The Thrive 5 comes at the end of this preview. All right, let's go to the Patriots at the Bills. This one is the Patriots. Guys, guess how many Patriots snaps have taken place this year? While they're trailing. Zero. Jason? Zero. Zero. They have had zero snaps while they're trailing, which makes the struggles of Sony Michelle even more enlightening um, and even more worrisome. Michael, you were a Sony Michelle hater. Now he plays against a defense that has uh, completely dominated people so far this year. Sweet, sweet victory. There is one person, there is one thing to say. The Bills' defense has played great, but they've played the Jets, the Giants, and the Bengals. Probably, if you're going to do NFL power rankings, before this is pre-Daniel Jones, by the way. If you were doing NFL power rankings with Eli's Giants, the third-stringer quarterback Jets, and although they had Darnold at the time, but Darnold had Mono at the time, and the Bengals, you're probably looking at the bottom three teams in the NFL power rankings above the Miami Dolphins. So... Take that with a grain of salt. Now they're playing the well, best team in play, the league. The, they played the Dolphins. The Bills? No, they didn't. They the, played the, the Patriots. The Patriots played the Dolphins. The yeah. Dolphins. You said the Bills. No. They play the Bills now. I'm talking about the Bills schedule, Michael. Oh, the Bills schedule. The Bills have played gotcha. the Jets, the Giants, and the Bengals. Yep. Now they're playing against New England. But with that being said, Sonny Michelle, Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead got the majority of the snaps in that backfield. James White. 74%. 74%. James White is back. If you listen to the Monday episode, we talked about um, the importance of James Devlin and him taking uh, hitting the IR. He's been a mainstay in that Patriots backfield forever, it seems like. So what do you see out of this Patriots backfield? How does it shape out Burkhead, Michelle, White? I don't love it this week. Uh, I think the Bills defense is pretty good. Sony Michelle, we've seen, is a touchdown-dependent flex play at this point. 
I have him at 23. And then James White is going to catch some passes, but Buffalo is a good defense, and the Patriots have been spreading the ball around a lot. Uh, we haven't seen James White. He only has eight receptions. He has eight, not only. Well, he has four catches averaging per game, which which is decent, but it's not RB2 must-start material. And then Burkhead's also mixing in, so I don't like any other pass running backs this week. I have them all as flex plays in the order of Burkhead, White, Michelle. For what it's worth, last year in two games against the Bills, James White, 10 receptions for 79 yards, 8 receptions for 41 yards and a touchdown. So two games where he really got a lot of work. The Bills are a tough team for Sony Michelle style and better for James White style. Although Sony Michelle and Burkhead went 18 for 116 and a touchdown against the Bills last year too. So not happening this I mean time. this was late in the year this is week 16 the 22% of snaps last week man 22 I mean he's right now dead last in the league in um uh, in broken tackles after contact he, I think he has one right all season one, like one broken tackle one according to PFF his elusive rating is just better than Kalen Balazs yuck but, yeah you it's, know it's that bad another thing uh I think it was John Paulson who tweeted it uh Runs inside the ten yard line. Sony Michelle's tied with Mark Ingram for the lead. And I quote tweeted, I was like, Imagine leading the league in runs inside the ten and being the forty first ranked running back. Two two touchdowns on the year. So bad. He only has twenty points in in regular formats and half PPR. Yeah. In half PPR formats. Well, all basically he doesn't catch passes. Twelve of those are from touchdowns. Yeah. So ugh. it's grody. Um I was, you know, I was looking at my roster and I needed to add a backup quarterback for Josh Allen on one of my leagues. And I was looking at my league and I'm like, yo, I kind of want to drop Sony Michelle of all these players. It was kind of crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's gotten to that point. Um, so where do you have him this week and do you play him? Uh, I said I have Burkhead, uh, White, and Michelle in that order as flex plays. I'd prefer to start Burkhead over him. I'd prefer to start White and Michelle. I have him in like the 30s, the high thir- the low 30s, like 31, 32-ish, so... At this point, that's where you have to rank him, really. What about James White? Do you see James White, Rex Burkhead? How do you see these guys playing out? I think James White gets his uh, receptions, and I think Rex Burkhead gets mixed in in both. So I think Burkhead gets 10 to 15 touches. White gets 10 to 12. Michelle gets 10 to 12. I think it's going to be pretty even split. Just Michelle has been so bad with his touches that there's you shouldn't trust him, especially in a game where he's unlikely to find the end zone. Looks like Julian Edelman will play next week, so that leaves Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, and Philip Dorsett against this Bill secondary that has really stifled um, opposing wide receivers. Jason, how do you see this playing out? Uh, Julian Edelman is obviously the safest of the bunch. Ah. Davis White's... What do you mean? Uh, 100%. Josh Gordon's pretty Shredavious safe. Davis White's probably going to be on the outside with Josh Gordon. Edelman has a safe role that we know he's going to catch passes. He's going to be a solid wide receiver, too. I think that Josh Gordon is an upside wide receiver, three, but there's definitely bust potential here. And then Dorsett has been very involved. Um, rushes, catch, deep catches, short catches. Uh, it's actually great that Antonio Brown is gone because I have Dorsett in a few leagues. So this week, I think he's more of a flex play. Uh, not much upside. Buffalo is a tough matchup, man. I got um, Josh Gordon all the way down at 39. I got a feeling the Patriots are going to blow out Buffalo. I think that Buffalo has played not too good competition. They did in not in Buffalo. In Buffalo, yeah. I mean, act like they haven't gone to Buffalo. They were the number one pass defense last week too, though, man. Uh, excuse me, last year. 
Their pass defense is real. Tredavious White is a stud and a half. Their pass defense is real, but Tom Brady, I mean, uh, it's also real. Tom Brady in their in week sixteen against them, thirteen for twenty four, one sixteen, two touchdowns to one, uh, to one. I'm sorry, two interceptions to one touchdown. And in week, uh, what is this? Week eight of last year? No, week yeah, week eight. 29 to 45, 324 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. So Tom Brady struggled against the Bills last year. I mean, they have a great defense, so deservedly so. Um, let's go over to the Bills side of this one. Brady, though, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I have him outside my top 12 for the first time. Jason? I have him at like 18. Wow. So, Jason, you're really down him. Uh, let's go over to the Buffalo side. It's tough to play them against right now, uh, New England defense that is completely dominating everything. Um, Frank Gore will obviously get the touches, although I don't know if you want the touches there. Is there a chance Frank Gore gets game scripted out of this game? I'm going to be a contrarian here. I'm not going to talk about Frank Gore much. Um, he's a he's a flex play at best. I was going to talk about the quarterback because everyone's talking about how this is a super tough matchup in the New England defense, yada, yada. Look, week one, Pittsburgh, all right. Pittsburgh's a really good offense with Big Ben. They they looked out of whack. No A.B., no Bell. First time that both of them weren't on the team. And then they play the Dolphins and the... Who'd they play? Another the, the bad Bengals, team. The Bengals. The Jets, oh, man. And the, and, the, and the Jets. Your Jets. And yeah, word. Fault. I forgot they played the Jets. So, come on. Dolphins and Jets. We're going to say this is one of the best defenses. We don't know yet. I have Josh Allen at seven. Oh. I like this matchup a lot. I think New England, if any team is going to score on Buffalo, it's New England. And Josh Allen's going to have to score, and he's going to have to get creative. He's going to have to run. Um, he's going to have to use his legs if the New England defense is shutting down his arm. I actually think this is, in an odd way, a good game for Josh Allen to excel. You know, I have Josh Allen as my QB 11, too, so I kind of agree on a less in a lesser degree. I mean, I, I think they're going to have to be passing a bunch, and he's averaging 35 rushing yards and... Has a rushing touchdown in two or three games, so I agree. Should be a, a solid game for Josh Allen. I think the Patriots always come into a matchup looking to take out a team's best attribute, and I think that the best attribute for the Bills right now is Josh Allen's running ability. I think they got to spy on him. I think they don't allow him to run. Um, that's why I think that he's not going to be fantasy viable. Not that he won't have a good game in the air, um, but I think he turns it over a couple times and that um. Yeah, I think they don't. That makes I, sense, I, I but we've seen quarterbacks run. run by spies pretty easily in the past. Not you know, not ones that are being manned by a Bill Belichick defense. When he puts a spy on you, you're you're you get spied. I put a spy on you. <laughs> and, and you know, you look at this, you look at this defense, and they they have the talent around. But with that being said, um, you said you're streaming Dawson Knox this week. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I'm not excited about it, but the idea <laughs> is that Tyler Croft um, is hurt, so Dawson Knox is going to play more. Talking and about Croft real was... quick, Kraft, Robert Kraft, the guy Timmy <laughs> hates because he invented Kraft cheese. He didn't. Isn't even the fucking owner of Kraft cheese. No, he's, he's lied to <laughs> us for years. I told this to Johnny while we were watching our brother, our other brother Johnny, who's not on the podcast. He was in the beginning. Uh, Sneak. Sneak. <laughs> Sunday night. I said that to Johnny. He was like, you're lying. I was like, I'm not lying. He's like, yes, you are. He's like, I don't believe you. He Googled it. Wait, He's like, are you is, kidding me? Yeah. I, I, How does Robert Kraft have money? I just like He's investing in, in businesses and shit. Yeah. 
Wow. He's the smart was, guy. I was shocked to learn <laughs> this myself. <laughs> I thought I thought the American slices were holding up the evil empire this yeah, whole time. Yeah, me too. So, so I'm sorry, Jay. I, I heard Croft. I thought of Kraft, and I had to share that. So you could go back to talking about the Dude, I don't box. know where I heard that he owns Kraft cheese, but like someone told me about it, and it was like super convincing. Like Timmy made us hate. Like we already hated the Patriots. I hate the Patriots even more for years because of Kraft cheese. Yeah. I mean... All right, but Dawson Kraft Knox. singles. I shouldn't say cheese because it's fake cheese. That's just why we hated Robert I mean, Kraft. Fuck Robert Kraft anyway. <laughs> but you know, um, as Tim said, the Patriots like to take away number one options, and Dawson Knox is probably eighth on that list. And Tyler Croft isn't playing, so he's gonna run routes, and he just threw people off him like rag dolls last week. So I think there's definitely um, a little bit of a room for surprise here. What about he's- John Brown and Cole Beasley? John Brown. I- I don't like Why are we week. including Cole Beasley in a similar um, statement as John Brown? Because we have to talk about every fantasy Bible player. I mean, I know they're all wide receivers, but Cole Beasley? I mean, he's not the worst. He's like can a we, can we not? low-end flex option. John there Brown, will never though. be a time this year where Cole Beasley's a good start. John Brown I have as the uh, as a flex option here. I, I don't love him this week. After the big week one, it hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows for John Brown. He has struggled a little bit. 7 for 72 week 2, but then only 4 for 51 last week. New England is not an easy opponent either, so I'd probably look elsewhere if I could this week over John Brown. Um, Anyone else you'd like to talk about in this in this game? No. All right. Good. Let's move on. Moving on up. To the Tennessee Titans at the Atlanta Falcons. Um, There's no better t- garbage time quarterback than Matt Ryan, so let's start on that t- side. Um, Julio Jones, after everyone said that he can't score touchdowns, has just been on a touchdown rampage since then. Um, scored another touchdown last week. You gotta love Julio Jones in this matchup. You gotta love Julio Jones in every matchup. Jason? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, he, he's Julio Jones. But I do think that Tennessee is probably the best defense the Falcons have had to go up against. Um, that defense is the only reason why they stay in games, because... I mean, you guys know how much I hate their offense. Yeah, it's bad. So, uh, I I have him at six this week, which is low. Uh, I this might be the game where he stays out of the end zone. I just I'm not high on the Falcons this week. I think the Titans' defense will play well. You know, I have Julio as five as well. Uh, expert consensus on Fantasy Bros has him as one, so we're both a bit down on him. Julio, considering it's Julio Jones, but uh, it's also the fact that Thursday the the Titans played against the Jaguars. So they had an additional three days to prepare for this game against Atlanta. And Matt Ryan has been effective as a fantasy QB this year. Less than, not Has not scored less than 20, 21 points yet this year. But this is definitely his toughest matchup. And with the extra time to prepare, I don't love him this week. I have him as my QB 12. But like I said, in a league where I have Matt Ryan, I'm starting Daniel Jones over him against Washington this week. Um, Let's talk about Calvin Ridley. Uh, Calvin Ridley had a bad game last week. Uh, now he's kind of like a boomer bust option that I thought that he was going to be coming into the season. So what, how do you feel about Calvin Ridley in this game in it with a Tennessee defense that has been stingy against the pass? I like Calvin Ridley this week to, to bounce back. I mean, this dude went four sixty four one week one, eight one Oh five one week two. And then against Indy, he went one for six, but one big thing about Indianapolis, they play zone defense almost 70% of the time. And 
Calvin Ridley thrives against man defense. Tennessee's a man defense team. So I think he gets back into wide receiver two territory this week. Jason? I was going to say that I think that uh, Dory Jackson's probably going to have the task of guarding him and Calvin Ridley's best when they're playing man defense. And I just think that, listen, it happens, right? He's not Julio Jones. He's going to have off weeks. The Falcons' offense looked good last week, and Ridley just wasn't involved. Hooper caught two touchdowns. Only game in his career he's done that. So, you know, it happens. I'm not concerned. I think he'll be fine this week. Wide receiver. I'd say three over two, though. Austin Hooper has been one of the better tight ends this year. Um, We predicted a possible breakout campaign for Austin Hooper uh, in our breakdowns this summer, and it looks like he's well on his way to those ca- to that campaign. How do you feel about uh, Austin Hooper in this matchup? I have him as more of a low end uh, tight end one this week. Tight end nine, I have him at, just because he has the he did have the big game last week, first ever game actually with two touchdowns. But Tennessee's a tougher draw for uh, for tight ends, and like I said, I don't expect the Falcons' offense to be as good as they have been this week. So I think. It's, it might be a down week for Hooper, but he should still be a low-end tight end one. Jason, Matt Ryan uh, at the quarterback position. Your quarterback rankings are a little wonky this week. Um, oh, yeah. A little wonkalicious. Where do you have Matt Ryan this week? Yeah, um, I decided to just um, oh no, go I nuts. Haven't, I haven't looked this at week. this yet. Here we go. I mean, it's, it's week four. We know our stuff now uh, for this season, I feel like. And I just think that this is going to be the game where Matt Ryan struggles a little bit. I know they're at home, but the Tennessee defense, as I said, is one of the best they've played. Uh, Ridley is coming off a poor game. Austin Hooper caught two touchdowns first time in his career. Devontae Freeman is yet to run for a touchdown, right? So, I mean, just the stars will align at one point, and Matt Ryan's going to have a bad game. I, I don't see the upside in this game. Like, he could put up 18 again, but I don't see the upside. So where do you have him right? high in QB1. I have him at 16. So let's talk about a guy that you mentioned, Devontae Freeman, he got 90% of the snaps, over 90% of the snaps last week. That's because Edo Smith went out with a concussion early in the game. So, and then he produced, eh, numbers. He was, eh. Um, If Freeman can't produce in a plus matchup with 97% of the snaps, well, is it hard to trust him? They were trailing. It's not like Devontae, so they had to pass the ball. And his 16 rushes, he had 88 yards. I mean, it's, that's very solid. Uh, it's an air fantasy game. Very solid it, production. It's a solid real Only three game. for seven uh, target and reception I think wise. that's where I'm disappointed. Yeah, so, I mean, Tennessee, again, is a stout defense, and their defensive line is solid. I don't love the matchup of Freeman, but I'm not... What's up with Edo Smith? I haven't heard anything about him. If he's out, Freeman's going to be uptick again if he's going to play 90% of the snaps. That's amazing. But I still think he's a solid mid-range to low-end running back, too, just because of his role in the offense. And he has he has improved every week. 3, 8, and 11 fantasy points and half PPR. Not going to blow you away, but it is improvement. And he's uh, don't forget that he missed all of last season. Um, Jason, how do you feel That's about name. how do you feel about Mohamed Sanu? <laughs> just kidding. All right, let's go over let's, to the- Sanu's. Sanu actually killed it last week, though. I was playing against Calvin Ridley, and I own Calvin Ridley, so it was mixed feelings about the fact that Mohamed Sanu was stealing basically all of Calvin Ridley's work. Sanu last week went six for seventy-five. So I mean, but yeah, shout out real quick—that's his um, ceiling. Our yeah. our Patreon because someone who has DM access sent me a bunch of names that were not enticing. I told him to go Sanu. Nice. Um, you so you're really shouting at yourself? 
No, I'm, I'm shouting out people who haven't joined our Patreon yet to join. Yeah, because so you get, last week he started Sanu and got a solid game out of it. You get That's to DM us, saying. and then your league can't see the the advice you're asking. Um, let's go over to the other side. Marcus Mariota and the high-powered Tennessee offense. Mm. Um, guys, Corey Davis, I said drop him two weeks ago. Are you guys on the bandwagon yet or what? Man, I said don't even draft him. Fuck out of here. Yeah. You guys laughed at me and yelled you know, at me Jay, saying don't. Jay, I have a question for you. Rank these quarterbacks in order of awfulness. Marcus Mariota, Mitch Trubisky, Derek Carr. Ooh, that's tough. It's um, not tough at all. Number <laughs> number one is worst? Yeah. Uh, it's Mariota, Carr, Trubisky. Yeah, I agree, actually. I don't know. Carr and Trubisky's close. Man, both of you go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, I well, mean, you said Trubisky's the best. Of that t- trash-ass trio? <laughs> the fuck? That's like saying you're like... I don't Let's know, not forget. Know, it's like saying you were on the honor roll, but you got left back three times. T- uh, used to Jason. like Carr. Yeah, Timmy used to love Derek Carr. I loved him when he had protection and he threw the ball downfield. I loved him when he was almost the MVP that season. I, fluke. I turned my back on Derek Carr very quickly after that. You did. Yikes. Um, let's let's talk about Derrick Henry because uh, against the rush, Atlanta is actually decent against the rush. Um, they're you know middle of the league, but that's a, a lot more. That's a lot better than they were in years past. Derrick Henry does not catch the ball, and everyone knows against Atlanta, you start your pass catching running backs. He's found the end zone in all three games this season. How do you feel about Derrick Henry this game? I mean, at this point, when you have Derrick Henry, you start Derrick Henry. I mean, he's he's the o- he's the overall running back five on the season, I believe. He's the number one overall running back if you go back to the last, like, 10 games overall. He has 28, 16, and 11 fancy points. He had a ter- Week three was a terrible performance from the Tennessee offense. He still found the end zone, got the double-digit points. Now he gets Atlanta, which is a e- much easier matchup than his Jacksonville I mean, I have Derrick Henry as my seventh RB. If you have him, you're starting him. Is there a... Yeah. Uh, go ahead. I mean, the concern that he doesn't catch passes is fine because Atlanta's just not really good against the run in general. And he's going to get rushes, even if they're not out of the uh, receptions. And he's going to probably score a touchdown. Is there a scenario this week where where they get, get he gets game scripted out and they go to Deion Lewis? Because you saw that last week. Against Atlanta, possibly. But I think that's the biggest fear. They have had 10, ga- 10 days to prepare for this matchup, playing on a Thursday. So, I, I don't know. I don't, think it'll be, I don't think it'll be a blowout. But there's always that potential with the Titans. They're the Titans. Atlanta in classic form, right in the middle of the pack against the, the Titans. I feel like they're in the middle of the pack with everything. Against the what? You I, said against I, the Titans. I, I'm sorry, against the tight end. Um, Delaney <laughs> the Walker so far... Has been pretty solid. He blew up in that first game, didn't kill you in the second game, then got you almost 10 points in his third game. So many garbage time points from Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker owners must have been ecstatic. That last round alone. Bad quarterbacks. He had like three receptions for 40 yards. Bad quarterbacks throwing a tight end. So are you liking Delaney Walker this week? Where do you guys have him in your list? Tight yeah, end he's six. a mid-range tight end one every week. I have him yeah. at nine. Um, Marcus Mariota, you're not playing unless you're desperate. Nope. Uh, anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? I don't think so. All right, let's Adam move. Humphreys is interesting in PPR leagues. He did have his first He's playing game. more and more. He played 36, 57, and 68% of the snaps, respect, re- respectively, the first three games. So he's getting more and more involved in the offense, which makes sense after they gave him that big contract. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 
at the Los Angeles Rams. Guys, a little bit of a of a shocker for the Rams in this one. The Rams running backs are being targeted on only 7% of their snaps this season. That's the lowest mark in the league. The second lowest mark is 10%. By 3%. Todd Gurley is down from six targets a game last year to two targets a game in the passing game. Does that con- I mean I, I, does that concern you is not even a question. How much does it concern you if you're a Todd Gurley owner? I was I was watching the game actually the Sunday or Sunday night game against Cleveland and I was thinking to myself they don't throw to the running back anymore. Like it was they don't they don't have those uh play action screen passes or just straight up screens or just swing passes to Todd Gurley. Maybe it's because Todd Gurley is hurt or banged up or whatever just but all I know is that Todd Gurley looked terrible last week. He looked slow. He wasn't breaking tackles. It was it was not encouraging. So where do you guys have him against a Tampa Bay defense that's susceptible to the run? Yeah, with that being said, I still have him as my running back 14 this week. <laughs> not giving up hope just yet in a in a plus matchup against Tampa Bay. Jason? I have him at 11. He's going to score a touchdown. Jared Goff and Cooper Cup should get married. Um, and have a beautiful baby. Yeah. Ryan Gosling and... You know, adopt, Cooper Cup look like? They could adopt a beautiful baby. Maybe, like, a baby in need. Because they love each other. Yo, it's I read some freaky-ass shit on Snapchat the other day about some family who adopted some little girl and ended up this girl was, a, like, 40-year-old dwarf yeah. and was going to, like, try to murder them. Yeah, she was a sociopathic dwarf. I Fucking nuts. I was just, what the I was fuck? Shook. I was yeah, shook right. reading that. Because uh, they, they, they were, like, getting charged with something for just leaving her in a different state. <laughs> I was like, I would absolutely do the same thing. I would probably leave her <laughs> dead in a different state if she tried to kill me. <laughs> it was fucking scary I'm going to talk shit. about football. <laughs> um, I think this is Jared Goff's coming out party this Ooh. week. Ooh. He's like been head over sounds. heels better in his career at home. This is where you want it. Against Tampa Bay, who just made Daniel Jones become everyone's new favorite quarterback. Uh, I have him at six this week. They haven't been throwing to the running backs, but I ha- they have Cup, Cooks, and Woods, who I think will all do very well this week. It- this is going to be a classic Rams game. The Robert Woods coming out party? It is as well, yes. I think the fact that Todd Gurley is not getting any looks out of the backfield bodes well for Robert Woods because Robert Woods continues to get looks, and they're the short to intermediate looks as they always are. He's just not catching the passes. A lot of them are getting tipped at the line. A lot of bad throws by Goff. It's not like Woods not catching them. Just last week, eight targets, three catches. I am not giving up on Robert Woods yet. If you are if you are looking, you know, there's fantasy analysts out there that are saying buy low on this person. Buy low on Robert Woods. I recently made a trade for Robert Robert Woods in one of my in the Diamond League that I was telling you guys about. Um, not the Diamond League, the Platinum League that I was telling you guys about. Um, and Yahoo. And I could not be more happy to get Robert Woods. Uh, I, I really like him this week. What about what about Brandon Cooks? He's been on fire. He had a very solid game last week. I mean, I have Cup, Cup at 7, Cooks at 16, and Woods at 26. So I think they're all very usable this week. All of them playable. What about Gerald Everett? No, just... <laughs> <laughs> even even without Higby, Gerald Everett hasn't really played much of a role in the offense. Jared Goff at home, you like all three. You like all three receivers. Does that mean you're liking Jared Goff this week, Jason? I have him at six. Oh yeah, we already went over Jared Goff. <laughs> all right, let's go to the Tampa Bay side. Jameis Winston actually played well. Famous Jameis. How about that? 
Um, it Giants was defense, the horrible, the whatever that ails you. What's the phrase? The remedy for whatever that ails you. Yeah. Um, Mike Evans came alive. What kind of phrase is that? No, there's a the cure for what ails you or some shit. Yeah. The remedy, right. cure, same shit. Um, Jameis Winston Hell finally came alive with Mike Evans. Mike Evans had a huge game. Obviously, you can't expect that again from him. But in terms of Mike Edwins, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. How are you feeling about these pass catchers in Tampa Bay? Chris Godwin missed practice today randomly. So that's something to keep an eye on. I don't they haven't really reported anything about him even getting hurt on Sunday, so I'd be absolutely shocked if he missed the game. But I have Mike Evans as a low end wide receiver one and Chris Godwin as a high end wide receiver two. Mainly because I think the Rams are gonna be leading and James Winston's gonna have to throw forty times. Uh, the Rams are actually, their cornerbacks have not given up a touchdown yet this season. So this is a little bullish ranking for these two. I just, I expect Winston to have to throw 40 times, which means Evan and Godwin should get at least, at least 35, 35 to 40 times, which means they're each getting at least 10 targets. Uh, Jason, how about OJ Howard? He finally kind of came alive last week. Um, but even if he did come alive, he had a very mediocre game. You have him a tight at 10, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, I do, yeah. This is similar to the Hawk argument I made last episode, where it's like, who's there? Hawk, Knox, Ebron, Witten, Vernon, Burton. So if I'm going to start one of those guys, I'm going to go OJ Howard. He was more involved last week. They're probably going to make it a goal to try to get him a little bit more involved. Um, and I think the Rams are going to, sorry, the Bucks are going to have to pass in this game. Is this the week that Ronald Jones finally takes over this backfield? He's now been the better back. Every single week, he's outproduced Peyton Barber two out of three weeks. It, I mean, eventually he's going to go to Ronald Jones. I mean, this is what happened after week one, though. Barber yeah. played 36% of the snaps. Rojo played 31. Everyone was like, oh, Rojo played better. It's Rojo's backfield now. He's a hot waiver wire ad. Then Barber played 65% of the snaps to Rojo's 12. And Barber had 20-plus carries. Everyone dropped Rojo. And then Barber played 36% of the snaps and Rojo 30 last week. And Rojo looked better. And now he's a hot waiver wire ad again. If you want to do this little dance with Tampa Bay running backs, so be it. I'd rather just not play any of them. Speaking of doing a little dance, why are you standing? You're making me, you're like freaking me out. I've been sitting for a while. You yeah, know, my ass is, stretch out. My ass is like dead right now. Your ass is grass, kid. My ass is grass. Um, I mean, Jameis Winston needs to be on your waiver wire, right? I wouldn't feel great about starting him this week. Jason's pretty high on him, though. The Rams defenses look really good. I have him at 14. I think you're going to have to pass. Uh. Clay Matthews has looked like he's had a resurgence out there in L.A. He's looking like the old Clay Matthews. And uh, Aaron Donald finally got a sack last week for the first time. Eric Weddle, too, on that defense. They they, they had some really good additions. Akeem Tlaib, too, the still there. They got a yeah, they have a really good team. defense mechanism. I, I mentioned this in the Monday episode. I'll just, <laughs> just like, go over it real quick because there's no reason to, d- to dwell on it. I think that it's going to be the hot hand in Tampa Bay. And so... I mean, you're playing Russian roulette if you start any of these running backs. Let's go over to our next game, Seattle Seahawks versus the Arizona Cardinals. Let's start with the Seahawks because, Jason, your boy Chris Carson fumbled the game away again. And when I say say fumble the game away, what I mean is his own game because Pete Carroll is making it clear that if you fumble, you're not playing anymore to the tune of C.J. Procise playing. uh, What was his snap count? Well, it was 55% Procise, 44 Carson. Let's not forget the fact that they were down by, like, 20 points to the Saints, which is embarrassing enough. Sure, but he was getting goal line carries with 
inside the tackles. Yeah. It was, you know, it, it was it, it's not like he was only there catching passes. Yeah. I mean, Pete Carroll but stood by him and said they're going to stick to him. So, and Penny's hurt at the moment. So, I'm going to I'm giving Connor another week. This and is a very good I will tell you one thing, though. Carson, not Connor. Pete Carroll is one of the renowned liars to fantasy football players. They don't have many other good options, though. Carson's obviously the best player, even if he's fumbling for some reason at the moment. Penny did practice today. But, look, we're... We're talking about Arizona, man. They're going to run a ton of plays, and the Arizona defense is bad. So you absolutely play Chris Carson if you have him. I think Rashad Penny might be a play this week, too. I'd be okay Next. with him in your flex if if he plays, honestly. Against Arizona, dude, this is this is recipe for success for the Seahawks offense. Mm. It's the recipe for success if he. I'm going to start him. You know who I do like? Tyler Lockett, my third wide receiver. Tyler Lockett is a really good match. Third overall? Third overall, yes. Wowzers. Dude, ever since his two-target game where he still caught a touchdown anyway, he's been getting targeted up the gazoo. He had 14 targets last week. And now, we're playing, now they're playing Arizona, who's given up points up to every wide receiver on earth. Speaking uh, of, he's going to run a lot of plays. Speaking about, they give up over a touchdown a game to wide receivers. I'll, I'll bet that Tyler Lockett scores a touchdown this week. Like, I'm certain he's going to. Nah, I'm, I'm with you. I'll take that bet. All right, deal. There you go. I'll take a bet that Will Disley scores a touchdown. He's my favorite guy of the week. Um, Arizona has given up 348 yards and five touchdowns to tight ends so far through three games. Uh, Will Disley right now has a 15% target share on the field. Uh, sign me up. I, I think that Will Disley is going to have a huge game this week. I have him at seven. Yeah. If you picked up Will Disley, you have to start him this week. Unless you have one of the big guys. Would you start him over Mark Andrews? No. I would not. Would you start him over James White? Over James White? Likely, yes. In a flex? Probably. Would you start him over... Fucking Timmy. Wayne Gallman? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm no. going gonna, gonna to be stressing this. I'm, I'm going to make a decision and Dude, it's, it's on it's Saturday Wayne night. It's Wayne Gallman, man. He's just starting running back. I know, but Disley and Mark Andrews, man. Don't overthink it, dog. Yeah, I'm overthinking it. Yeah, let's start Devin Smith over Barford Jones again, Jake. Suck it. <laughs> um, what about DK Metcalf on the outside? Uh, you see him getting more and more involved in the offense every week. Yeah, he's he's what I thought David Moore was going to be before he got hurt. Um, you want that second wide receiver in Seattle because Russell Wilson is the dog, and he's going to – his true throw value is through the roof. And um, DK Metcalf, I have him as a wide receiver three at 36. Um, I think he's going to have a good game. Yeah, you want to start your Seahawks against Arizona, especially uh, especially everyone. Basically, you want to start Metcalf, Lockett, Disley, Carson, possibly Penny, and even and definitely Russell Wilson. Let's go to the other side, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is the man. Like I love that guy. Um, all reliable, all reliable, literally old and reliable. <laughs> um, he's out there getting it done. Uh, same thing with Christian Kirk, getting peppered with these targets. Awesome. Um, you see these four wide receiver sets constantly. Uh, out of the out of the Cardinals, um, Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. Let's talk about these guys. Where do you see them in this matchup? I have Fitz as a middle of the pack wide receiver two. Christian Kirk low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three. PPR leagues are both gold half PPR. They're both super solid still. Uh, Seattle's secondary is not something to be very afraid of. So I think this is in a game where I expect the Seahawks to put up a lot of points. I think the uh, Cardinals are going to have to be throwing a lot. They're also one of the most 
pass-heavy teams in neutral situations. So, like, when it's 0-0 or it's a tie game, they uh, they pass, like, I think they're the second most pass-heavy team in the league in those situations behind Cincinnati. So they're trying to pass the ball, and Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald are both super involved, so I like them both a lot. Um, Let's talk about David Johnson here. David Johnson has not been as involved in this offense as you would like to see because they are so damn pass heavy. Um, With that being said, those six receptions for 28 yards and a receiving touchdown, it seems like if he doesn't receive the ball, he's going to be completely irrelevant. Uh, 18 for 82 on rushes in the first game, but since then, 7 for 14 and 11 for 37. Uh, He did miss time in week two, though. That he did. Bit. That he did. Uh, but he did not miss time we're going last week. On, we're going on the 20th game in a row now, though, where David Johnson's been an inefficient runner. Yeah. Yeah, ever since he hurt himself, he has not been the same guy. I mean, this is why he was uh, one of my first-round fades this season. But with the way this offense works, where they just run a ridiculous amount of plays, he's still putting up solid numbers. So you got to play him this week. I think he's a solid RB1 in this matchup. What about Kyler Murray? Where do you have him in your quarterback? Rankings. I have him just ahead of Daniel Jones, I want to say. Yeah, I have him at number seven. Jason? Murray, you have at seven? I do. Interesting. I have him at 13. I think this is going to be a, a high-scoring game, man. I think Seattle's going to put up but, a lot of points. I don't know. Like, he's throwing a lot. People are acting like he's playing so great. He completed 30 passes last week, 173 yards. No, I mean, I don't think he's playing great, but he It's a despicable offense. 23-16-20 and 20 when he scored 16. That was at Baltimore. Now he's home against Seattle, whose secondary isn't great. And he is uh, he's going to pass a ton, and he got his legs working last game. I think that's where I'm Ran at. for 69 yards, so if that's going to be happening too. I think that's the biggest thing for Murray. He looked good with his legs last week. He's setting a solid floor for himself. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be Mad at you if you started Colin Murray this week. Um, let's. Anyone else? You guys want to talk about Charles Clay? Uh, anyone else that you guys want to talk about in this game? We good. We good. All right. Let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Denver Broncos. Now, Jalen Ramsey might not play. Uh, his daughter is being born. He has the flu. He has an ankle injury. Whatever he could do to not play for the Jaguars anymore. Congrats to him to for having another daughter, though. Yeah, uh, that's if, cool. If that's real. Uh, it, he might come, come on, out son. with like a Sour Patch Kid. Uh, no, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> shout, shout out to Jalen Ramsey. Congratulations. I'm, you know, I'm just joking. Um, but Joe Flacco, I have an interesting stat here about Joe Flacco. I'd rather start Shane Falco. <laughs> I watched the replacements the other day. Great movie. Guys, Joe Flacco is, has thrown for 15 or more air, air yards on a league low 9% of his throws. Just to give you an idea of how low that is, Nick Mullins held that crown last year as the person who had the least amount of throws. Shout out to J.J. Zacharyanson, by the way, for the stat. He finished at 13%. So he's 4% worse than Nick Mullins was last year. Um, that sucks for the outside running backs, but, I mean, the outside wide receivers like Emmanuel Sanders and like Cortland Sutton. Sutton. Cortland Sutton is, the, is a waste of a roster Well, Cortland Sutton has the second most receiving yards in the league for any – Wide receiver without a touchdown. So or he's, any receiver named Sutton. He's being pro- <laughs> he's being productive, um, but there's just it's such a limited option for pass catchers because Falco. Refu- I mean, look what you got me saying, Falco. <laughs> Flacco. Flacco. Falco just does not throw the ball deep, and he's hasn't thrown the ball deep in, since 2011. 
Yeah, basically. But that's that's what also helps Emmanuel Sanders, though. Like, Emmanuel Sanders isn't that downfield threat. He had uh, seven targets, five for 86 week one, then 13 targets, 11 for 98 week two. And then last week against Green Bay, four targets, two receptions, 10 yards. Again, the Green Bay defense has been spectacular. And now with Jacksonville, Jalen Ramsey out. A.J. Boye likely lined up on the outside of Cortland Sutton for most of the game. Emmanuel Sanders might find some space to operate again. I think he's a solid wide receiver three this week. And you know they say the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Uh, he had he some... He was pissed. Yeah, he was pissed after the game, but he, he handled it classily. What did he say? They're living in Suckville Living or in a world of suck. Oh, in a world of suck. And then yeah. he mentioned, like, you know, you work so hard for two receptions, 10 yards, and you lose, like... He he called he basically called out Flacco in a classy way. Yeah. So there is a there is there is reason to believe that Emmanuel Sanders gets force fed the ball a little bit here. Bringing in Flacco. I mean Sanders is thirty two years old. He's trying to win before he finishes his career. What about Philip? Across the trade, he'd be a great piece on a different team. What about Philip Lindsay Word. and Royce Freeman? Right now, Philip Lindsay, Lindsay and Royce Freeman are getting 28% of the target share from Joe Flacco, so they're getting a lot of passes out of the backfield. We saw Royce Freeman uh, break off a touchdown run last week that got called back because of a phantom uh, holding penalty on Emmanuel Sanders. You saw Philip Lindsay look nice. Um, both of these guys look like they're starting caliber running backs in the NFL. Do you Can you start either one of these players against Jacksonville? I loved me some Philip Lindsay last week, and it hit in a big way. Uh, Royce Freeman also had a great game, but obviously not the game that uh, Philip Lindsay had this week. It's a tough matchup. I still think Philip Lindsay is a low end RB two. I I like him more as a flex play. Royce Freeman as well could be a flex play, but he has a, definitely has a lower ceiling than Philip Lindsay at this point. Jason, can I get you to admit that Royce Freeman is an NFL starting running back? No. <laughs> There's no the fuck are you talking about? 15 touches for 63 yards? Let me write the fucking checkbook out. Sign him up, baby. I told you he Come also on. had a big run taken back by Phantom. In a Holden. game that Philip Lindsay was a beast. Yes. Lindsay's the 1A here, man. I, I'm never. There's not going to be a point this season where Royce Freeman is a suggested starter. You know who else has you had long runs? J.H.I. Maybe they should sign him. <laughs> Listen to episode one if you don't know what we're talking about on that one. Yeah, word. Um, <laughs> You guys want to talk about anyone else in this Denver Offense? Nah, don't he start could. Noah Fant. He hasn't really. He's been, been a, a he's been part. playing boneheaded ass football, man. He's been struggling, but yeah, that was the thing do. with him coming out. He was yeah. an intangibles guy. Uh, let's go over to the other side. Gardner Minshew lit the world on fire last week. Um, nice to Minshew. Yeah, he and they have a long week to prepare. Don't underestimate the power of preparing for a team for ten days. Um, they are in Denver, though, so the air is a little thinner out there. Uh, DJ Chark, someone we talked do, about do, 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 do. on the Waiver Wire podcast. If you don't already know, patreon.com slash brotofantasy to join our Patreon community and to listen to our Waiver Wire podcast. He's been on that list all three weeks. He has, and you know our rule, three strikes and you're in rule. One game, yeah, two games, three games. Well, that's my rule. Yeah, Timmy decided. Every that time, was our every rule. time you say that that's our rule, I, it's just funny. It's like, <laughs> when did that become our rule? Man. Last year, <laughs> we were talking about it all the time. But real quick, real quick though, talking about Garner Minshew, the Denver Broncos. Like that's not a thing. The Denver Broncos. <laughs> you just you've just been saying it's our rule a lot. It is. But I don't know. It's just kind it of. It was funny. a rule we all talked about last year. 
But look, what I wanted to say, the Denver Broncos have zero sacks. It's hard, so, hard to believe. Gardner Minshew's going to have time. He's confident. He's chucking the ball everywhere. So you could do worse than two QB leagues and Gardner Minshew. The, the thing with Can I just say, you and the rest of the world are bugging? I said in two, 200 yards and two touchdowns last week. I said in two QB leagues, dude. Yeah, relax. Jason. Fine. Two quarterback league, fine. But people are talking see, about like he's... Someone asked something. him. Someone asked him why he thinks he went in the sixth round, and he said, "Like I'm six one. I'm uh, I'm six one. I don't have the strongest arm, and I'm <laughs> and I can't jump high or some shit." <laughs> like I love this guy. Um, let's talk about DJ Chark though. Is he someone you're playing with? Dude, dude, probably dude, dude, dude. getting getting shadowed by. Uh, dude, Chris Harris Chris has Harris. been locking down everyone. Yeah, who's been really good. But DJ Chark has been an animal to start the season. I doubt. Chris Harris follows DJ Chark around everywhere. If he does, sucks for DJ Chark. But, I mean, he's clearly Gardner Minshew's favorite target, and he finds him every time he's in the red zone. So I, I think DJ Chark is actually has some wide receiver three appeal here. I'm higher on him than most. Chark is the wide receiver eight right now. Yeah. Wow. Jason, going out on a limb there. No, um, he's saying overall on the season. Oh, oh, I thought he had him ranked eight. <laughs> My goodness, you thought I ranked him wide receiver eight yeah. against Chris Harris? You're bugging. <laughs> well, you did mention that you're going crazy this week, so uh, I don't know. Um, and the background going crazy. What More about, like Lockett going Lockett third overall type crazy, not like that. <laughs> what about Conley and Westbrook in this game? Nope. I yeah, look elsewhere. Can't play him. No, uh, uh, not a chance. Let's talk about Leonard Fournette. Uh, he's gonna be playing stack boxes, but like Michael said, the Denver defense has not been great. No sacks and no turnovers through the first three games. First team in NFL history to do that. Yeah, Fangio and Scangarello can't cause a turnover over Since here. sacks were, were were recorded. That's bad. Yeah, it's bad. We're talking about talking about expansion teams here. And you know the Dolphins have the biggest uh margin of defeat of any team in NFL history. You're talking about including expansion teams. Yeah. Talking about crazy. the Houston Texans team that just got Derek Carr killed. For I mean, De- David, David Carr killed for the entire season. But yeah. let's talk about Leonard Fournette, who's been more more involved in the offense. He's going to face stack boxes. He kept getting work last week. If it wasn't for a long run against Tennessee, he would have ended the game with like 12 yards. So what? how do you think about Fournette against this front seven of the Denver Broncos? He was at negative 10 yards at halftime, which is hilarious. But, guys, I have Leonard Fournette as my running back 10. If there's ever a week he's going to find the end zone, and break the schneid that he's in. It's this week against Denver. Denver has looked like one of the worst teams in the league. And the Jaguars are... I do expect them to win this game. I don't think they're going to be trailing. They're going to be able to establish the running game with Leonard Fournette. So, I think he finds the end zone and has a very solid game this week. Are you guys yeah, I'm about- a little... I'm a little confused. I mean, like, Leonard Fournette is fine. Uh, I think Michael's ranked them a little high. I have him at 20. The Denver defense hasn't been great. Damn, son. But it's still, they still have Von Miller and whatnot. And Leonard Fournette has looked absolutely atrocious all season. He's just a, he's going to get you 70 yards and hope that he's going to fall in the end zone. So I don't know how you can rank him any higher than 20. Because he'll get 20 carries and find the end zone this week, in my opinion. Um, Let's, you guys want to talk about anyone else in this game? James O'Shawn Hennessy. We hmm. good. Uh, he did catch a touchdown last week. He did. All right. Uh, wide open. Let's go to the next game, the Minnesota Vikings at the Chicago Bears. It's going to be a good test for the Bears and see if they're really up for uh, the task Bears. of 
being uh, the Super Bowl contender that they think they are and that I think they are. Um, uh, Mitch Trubisky, you, you think the Bears aren't a Super Bowl contender? Not with Trubisky. Get the fuck out of here. Honestly, you need to get the fuck out. I think the Bears aren't a Super Bowl contender. Get out of here. Not with Mitch Trubisky. Uh, oh, my God. Honestly, I hope he, he goes apeshit against Minnesota and you have to eat it. The likelihood is so minimal. Let's talk about this game because I, I, I don't want to talk about the Bears with Michael because he acts like he was hating on Mitch Trubisky all offseason when he wasn't. He just decided he hates Mitch Trubisky. What are you talking about? You were saying you like him as a fantasy option. I have not. I, what are you talking we about? We have it on tape. We have it on tape. Jason did. That was me. Because he was using his legs, but now he's not even running. That's, yeah, that's what, what are you talking about? I've that's been what, me and Michael have been saying Trubisky's a terrible thrower since he came out of college. I mean, he's not a pure thrower, and the fact that they're trying to make him a pure thrower this year terrible is completely thrower. boggling my mind. Yeah, I have no idea why he's not running the ball ever. Why? Like, this is the best. This is his best attribute. He throws on the run well. He makes decisions on the run better than he does in the pocket. What are you doing trying to fuck with this guy's whole Jew? Yeah, he has five rushes for 21 yards this season. And it's making him not fantasy viable. Uh, yeah. So you're not starting Mitch Trubisky, obviously, against his defense. But let's talk about uh, Allen Robinson, who's been solid now. Uh, he's He is obviously solid. the number one receiver. Yeah, he's been solid in real life. In, in fantasy, he had a bad game last week. Um, Taylor Look, Gabriel, all three I have to touchdowns. Say, Anthony Miller is not an option on, on your – you're not seeing nothing under Anthony Miller. And, and Trey Burton's been super uh, inconsistent. So And just is disappointing in general. So what is your view on these Bears – Receiving options. All I have to say about this is what I tweeted from the game when I was watching the game Monday night. Career games as a bear with 15 or more half PPR points. Taylor Gabriel 2, Allen Robinson 1. He's literally scored 15 points one time ever as a Chicago Bear. Which is He's why officially his, the Adrian Peterson of wide receivers. Yeah, which is why his 5th, 6th down ADP was absolutely appalling. Like, everyone on Twitter abs- hates Mitch Trubisky and makes fun of him. But then says Allen Robinson's a great pick at ADP. Like, pick a side. Like, that makes no sense. And Allen Robinson just has carry that over. He's 14, 6, and 9 so far this season. He's going to score you in between 8 and 14 points. Have fun. Yeah, I mean, facts. Uh, especially against his Minnesota defense, who's been playing really well to start the season. Let's go to the backfield, though. Uh, David Montgomery, you saw him more and more involved in the offense. There was one in per- throw in particular where uh, he got both of his hands on it. Trubisky could have made a better throw, uh, but he had open space to run in front of him, had yeah. that throw been better. So that's a game that David Montgomery had a good game, but could have been a really, really good game had that throw been put on the money there. So uh, how do you guys like David Montgomery in this one? Uh, so David Montgomery played 67% of the snaps after 44 in week two and 38 in week one. Mike Davis, the big one here, went from 56% week one to 25% week two. He's done. To 2% week three. He's, He's done. done. Terry He's Cohen even, yeah. has a minimal role in the offense, it seems. That's another thing with Chicago, man. They're struggling on offense. And one, they're not running with Mitch Trubisky. And two, they're not throwing screens and wheel routes with Terry Cohen that was so effective last season. I don't really understand what they're doing in uh, in um, Chicago right now, yeah. but... Look, for all of the flaws that Trubisky has as a thrower, and you guys know how I feel about Mr. Trubisky. I like him as a player. I feel like he has that clutch gene that you really need as a player. Uh, if you put him in a situation where he's not going to succeed, that as Matt Nagy is doing, he's not going to succeed. He, you're not playing to his strength, and it's the same thing with Tariq Cohen. If you put him in a situation where he's not going to succeed, there's no point of having him. At this point, if I have Tariq Cohen and I need a bench spot, 
I'm not adverse to you dropping Tariq Cohen. Yeah, at this point, I don't hate it either. But with all that being said, signs are pointing up for David Montgomery they with are. his usage. Uh, two straight games with at least 15, with at least 16 touches. Uh, seems to be the clear lead back now. And um, this should be a solid game, division rival. And uh, I think that David Montgomery is a solid low-end RB2. If he finds the end zone, he could... He could be even better than that. On the other side, this Bears defense is one of the best run defenses I've ever watched in, in real life. Um, their pass defense has been a bit porous at times. but yeah, It, it has. But that run, run defense. defense is just spectacular. It's it's honestly like when someone breaks a five-yard run against the Bears, I get shocked. They're that <laughs> good. And if there's anyone that's going to do that, it's Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook has been playing as if he's the best running back in football right now. If Dalvin Cook could break through this Bears Defense, is there any doubt that he could be the number one running back overall in fantasy this, this year? Jason? Health. Um, Besides health. Health questions aside, yeah. I mean, it's so obvious that they're committed to making him the centerpiece of the offense. That's the Gary why, Kubiak edition, man. Yeah, I don't even mind the matchup this week. I have Cook at five. I guess that means I mind it because he should be higher typically. He's just going to get so much work. They're going to force feed him the ball. Uh, it doesn't really matter who the opponent is. Let's pretend now, and let's not pretend there. It's in the realm of possibilities that Dalvin Cook struggles against his Bears defense uh, because the offensive line is not great and the defense is great on the Bears. That means Kirk Cousins is going to be forced to throw the ball here, and Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs had both, have both struggled for the most part, even though Thielen had two touchdowns last week, has have both struggled to reach expectations that fantasy owners have had for them, mostly because Kirk Cousins isn't throwing the ball nearly as much as he did in the past. Do you think Kirk Cousins has what it takes to make Thielen and Diggs both fantasy viable this week? I Adam Thielen is... I mean, it's not what we came to expect, right? At some point last season, he had 11, 173, and 3 in one game, probably. He had 11 straight games of 100 yards in a game. Yeah, and now that's his. Those are his numbers after three games. But on the bright side, Kirk Cousins has barely been throwing, and he has these numbers. So this is his floor, a solid wide receiver too. You gotta love Adam Thielen. If he's on your team, you're, he's he's contributing where you drafted him. Stephon Diggs, on the other hand, Yuck. yikes. Um, I have him at thirty-seven this week. I don't really want any part of him. Uh, hundred one yards and a touchdown. Right now, he's just a name. I have Diggs at forty-three all year. You have Diggs at 43. He, he has, has six, catches, six receptions dude. on the season. Wow. Six receptions. What did you, you say, Jay? 108 yards, right? No touchdowns. Wow. Five, nine, and three. One wow. touchdown. <laughs> That's 43. <laughs> Who would have thought that? Yeah, it's, it's very I'm like, rough. I'm like almost sad about that. <laughs> so you guys aren't streaming Kirk Cousins in this game, obviously. Also rumors no. again that he's uh, he wants out of Minnesota. Those, Do you blame those him? Keep popping up. I would want Adam Minnesota too if I was him because his skill set is so ridiculously. It's, yeah, he's it's, a it's really good, uber talented guy. Uh, any Rudolph love this week? Never. Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Let's sing a little bit. All right, let's go on to the next one. This should be an interesting one. Cowboys at the Saints. Last week we saw the Saints. America's not- team Sunday night football oh on MSG. Why must you interrupt <laughs> me with crap like this? Uh, why? Sunday Night Football, bro. God. <laughs> Yo. Oh, my God. Tim, you're boring, bro. I'm boring. You're singing the Sunday Night Football song. <laughs> On MSG. <laughs> On MSG. Doesn't make any sense to anyone except you two. There's, 
There's hundreds of people listening to this Jason, podcast, sometimes thousands, guy. and you are they're making no you're making no sense to them. Jason explained it in an earlier episode. Ay ay ay. Anyway, uh Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> was was super conservative in his first game, but Alvin Kamara bowled the F um, Alvin Kamara, Baller. how do you guys feel about him against a pretty good Dallas defense? I spoke about Alvin Kamara as my stock up in the review episode on Monday, so if you have not listened to that yet, go check it out because it looks like the Saints are not effing around and they are going to be giving Alvin Kamara the weeks 1-4 to four 2018 treatment because they do not want to lose games while, um, while Breeze is out. Breeze. And last week went great for them in that respect and great for Kamara. Very disappointing that Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill only played four snaps. I was hoping to see more of Taysom Hill. But, yeah, Alvin Guys. Kamara, almost nine for 92, rushing yards, two touchdowns. It was greatness. Real question, has anyone ever made the NFL look as easy as Alvin Kamara? I don't know. It blows my mind. He'll have three he defenders He just glides. And just get through just all Just bounces that. off of grown men. It's absurd. I don't know how he does it. Yeah. Like, it's a thing of beauty. Latavius Murray up, 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 up. Two rushes, two yards. <laughs> we That's begged it. you guys not to draft uh, Latavius Murray, so hopefully yeah. you didn't. It was um, so obvious, man. Um, uh, I think Ted Ginn loses all of his value with Drew Brees out. So let's not talk about Ted Ginn. Let's talk about Mike Thomas, though. Same with Traycon Smith. Same with Traycon Smith. Michael Thomas. He salvaged his day with a touchdown last week, but are you concerned as a Michael Thomas owner because Teddy Bridgewater has had less air yards uh, per attempt than Joe Flacco? But, you know, it's his first game. But this is who Bridgewater is. Bridgewater's always been a dink and dunk kind of guy. He never really threw it down the field. So how do you guys feel about Michael Thomas this week? It gets a very good Dallas secondary. He should get the Byron Jones treatment, which isn't great. Byron Jones has played tremendously in his time in the NFL, but... Then again, Terry McLaurin beat Byron Jones a few times, and Michael Thomas is better than Terry McLaurin at this point. So I and this should be a high-scoring affair. I'd expect the Cowboys and Saints, especially because the Saints defense has not been up to par this year. Michael Thomas has 17, 14, and 14 fantasy points this season. He's been pretty consistent. He's at home, which helps. He's a better home player, fantasy-wise, than he is on the road. Um, just because of the shootout potential here. I think he still remains a low-end wide receiver one despite the difficult cornerback matchup. Yeah, I think that Michael Thomas... I mean, this is a game where the Saints kind of led straight from the beginning. They Really, their defense and special teams helped them out a bunch. So with Michael Thomas, this kind of can be his floor, right? Five catches, 54 yards. The touchdown is nice on a week where... His ceiling wasn't always there. I think he's more of a high-end wide receiver, too, with Bridgewater. But he's not going to kill you. Like, he's not going to be... It's not like he got... Like, if you drafted Michael Thomas and he got injured. Like, he's still going to be there in your lineup producing. Yeah. Um, Anyone... Uh, Jared Cook, are you considering him this week? He went one for seven last week. Yeah. Which is rough. I have him at a tight end 14. I guess he could do worse, especially... Like I said, this game should be a pretty high-scoring affair. Byron Jones is going to be on Michael Thomas. Maybe that opens up more targets for Jared Cook, but I'd reluctantly put him in my lineup only if I have to. Marshawn Lattimore has been fucking awful. What the hell happened? Yeah, to this I guy? should I should fucking quote tweet him. Yeah, do you remember that when Jason said Marshawn Lattimore is going to be a bust? He quote tweeted Jason after he won Rookie of the Year, saying like, "How'd this turn out?" or something of that sort. 
Yeah. And now he's playing so bad. Really, I, I, I remember something like that. Yeah. Nah, don't be yeah. petty. Um, Amari, I'm Cooper, not gonna do that, yeah, man. Who do you think we are? <laughs> you guys, you guys like to be a little snarky on Twitter sometimes. I do. Yeah, too. well, people think they know stuff and they don't. <laughs> I, I did. I did send the T emoji. By the way, me and Tim were discussing on a previous episode about a guy who said Godwin was going to be better than Evans, and I said that's an unreasonable take. And then after week two, said, "How's this looking?" And then after last week, once Mike Evans had more points than Chris Godwin again, I sent the Kermit drinking tea emoji, uh, not emoji, uh, gif on Twitter. Did he respond? He did not respond. Fire. Uh, Amari Cooper uh, has been an absolute stud. Jason, fuck you. Amari Nooper. Uh, I traded Jason Cooper before the season started because I thought he was going to be inconsistent and I didn't want to deal with it. Uh, Man, what a steal for Jason to trade. Now I regret that. Very much. Although that trade's looking a little worse now that Melville's coming back. Yeah. But, and, and carry on Johnson. You know, it, it's, it's, it's about the long haul, all right? Uh, but Amari Cooper, definitely, I miss him. So he's going to be probably matched up against Marshawn Lattimore. So the question is, how much does Cooper go off this game? Jason, I'll start with you. Uh, a lot, probably. I mean, the, the concern here, I Amari Cooper might be a good sell high candidate at the moment hmm. if we're being honest his uh he has an easy schedule man yeah the the schedule he's had though it's been even easier the nfc east is a feast a feast it's true though they still gotta play the redskins the redskins giants, the yeah. giants and the eagles are you kidding me six games dude mm. that's that's a feast of secondaries <laughs> that's glorious it's glorious uh but this week i have him at seven i mean like you said marshall Lattimore is getting burnt up the up the damn kazoo, um, and there's no seven, one else huh? there that's going to be able to stop him. I have him at three. I love me some Amari oh. Cooper this week. Uh, what about the other two options, Devin, Devin Smith and Randall Cobb? Michael, you've been wanting to talk about Devin Smith. Uh, just because, surprisingly enough, he uh, ran the most routes on the team and played 92% of the snaps. So it's actually very interesting. Devin Smith is someone you should possibly add, if still available, depending on the size and depth in your league. And I don't hate him as a flex option this week. And Randall Cobb is useless as usual, as always, as forever, as every time since one year with the Packers. Man, Jason has a Jason, vendetta against I will Randall tell you Cobb, this, Jason gets meaner and meaner <laughs> as the shows go on. Because, yo, guys, <laughs> the, honestly, we start this at 7 p.m. local time, local Eastern time. And we usually don't end until around, like, 10 10.30 sometimes. Today we're on a good pace. It's 9.54 p.m. right now. Um, and every time we get into like the one hour, 45 minute mark, it's, Jason just becomes the meanest motherfucker alive. He Don't just, get like, him started with Josh Rosen. He just, <laughs> I don't feel to be bad fair. for that motherfucker at all. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I've I've been mean to Randall Cobb always. It's true. He, he's been consistently mean towards the fella. <laughs> I mean, is that supposed to make it better? Yeah. Yeah, you know, if someone's going to mock you, you want it to be consistent at yeah. least. I consistently call you a prick. You've gotten used to it. <laughs> <laughs> 8, 9, 10, 11. Guys, right now, Jason Witten is the tight end 11 on the season. That's <laughs> tight a, end machine, the touchdown machine. That's ahead of guys like Vance McDonald, George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, um, Eric Ebron. And that's really the only guys that are worth mentioning. He actually didn't score a touchdown against Miami last week, but did put up a 
a season high of 54 yards. So are you considering Jason Witten, who right now is a tight end one? He's my tight end of 15. So at sh- this point, he's like the the low ceiling. If you want five to ten points, put Jason Witten in there. So kind of like a stream option if you have Kittle on by? Yeah. Jason? If I'm Jason, I'd probably start Witten. No, actually, Knox definitely has more upside, even though this, the floor is lower. Yeah, I have Witten at 14. Anyone else in this game? Got, oh, Dak Prescott. How can we forget about Dak Prescott and Zeke? Someone we forgot to mention earlier, actually. I'm looking at my tight ends now. I saw him. Demetrius Harris is going to play more with Njoku out for the Browns, and he caught a touchdown last week. It was only two targets, though, but someone to yeah. keep an eye out on. Uh, let's talk about Dak and Zeke. How do you nah. feel about them against this Saints uh, defense? They, this this Stardom. Their front seven is very good. This this is a I, I, this is an intriguing matchup for me for Dak Prescott. It is. Because he has been great this season, but like we said, it's against the Giants, Washington, and Miami. New Orleans defense is not good either. Or it hasn't been good. It's definitely better than the other three. So <clears throat> this is an interesting matchup here for Dak Prescott. But I'm buying into the hype and keeping him as my QB uh, three this week. Uh, and what about Zeke for you, Jason? Who, you know, had a good fantasy game, but didn't have that giant game. And Michael and I were talking about it. He was my stock down just because, look, I'm not giving up on Zeke. He's still a high-end RB1. But I don't know if he's going to give you those performances where he lights the world on fire if the Cowboys are up a lot because all of a sudden they need to protect their shiny new $90 million investment and Tony Pollard gets some carries. So uh, how do you feel about Zeke? How many times are they going to play the Dolphins? Like, they were legitimately up by a shitload and they started playing Pollard. They knew they weren't going to lose. Pollard was was getting snaps before the the shit hit the fan. Yes, because Dallas knew there was a (laughs) 99.88% chance that they were going to beat the Dolphins. I think Let's be real. I'm I'm nice. going to be surprised if Pollard plays that much again. All right. All right. Let's go on to our next game, the Monday night game, Pittsburgh uh, versus Cincinnati. Pittsburgh at home. Um, first of all, I want to say I love the Pittsburgh defense in this matchup. Uh, Cincinnati has the six most sacks in the league, and the Steelers are at home. So I, I like them to score a couple fantasy points if you're streaming defenses. But with that being said, we don't usually talk about defenses here. Check out the defense rankings uh, if you want more about defenses. With that being said, let's go to the Pittsburgh side. Mason Rudolph had a bad game in his first game. Uh, looked looked every bit the rookie that he is, but there's only up for Mason Rudolph from here. Um, rookie starter. Deontay Johnson was a very interesting situation last week. Uh, got a lot of the, the looks, got a lot of the touches. Mike Tomlin said that obviously there's going to be a redistribution of the wide receiver um, workload, and he did not lie. Dante Moncrief was a healthy scratch. I would not be surprised if, he, if he's a healthy scratch again. 100% Every, will be, everyone, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so too. Everyone uh, <clears throat> assumed James Washington because of the of the college connection between R- Rudolph and Washington would be the guy, but it was really Deontay Johnson with seven targets. I believe he's, he caught a touchdown um, and Juju Smith Schuster only caught two balls, but one of them was a 70, 70 plus yard touchdown to the house. So how do you feel about these pass catching options uh, in, in um, Pittsburgh? Uh, Deontay Johnson. Uh, I'll just start from there. He was one of my waiver pickups. This week, six targets, three receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown. He did have the long touchdown, which is nice to see Mason Rudolph finding him downfield. He did play 79% of the snaps, way high of a career high, 47% in week two. So 
His role is only growing. James Washington did play 92% of the snaps, so he does seem to be slightly above Washington in the uh, excuse me, Johnson in the pecking order right now, but that does not mean that the production is going to be there for Washington and not Johnson. I've, I'm more of a believer in Deontay Johnson than I am James Washington. He just Washington just really hasn't done anything in his uh, in his opportunities. They're more flex plays though. I definitely wouldn't start them in three wide receiver leagues unless I'm desperate. Cincinnati is a good matchup, but you don't want to start those guys. Juju, I'm obviously more bullish about. He's one of the best performers getting shit on the most I've ever seen like 11 11 and 16 and half PPR is super solid but just because he's not putting up monster numbers people are acting like he's trash it's it's a little mind-boggling he has at least 78 yards in each of the games so Juju Juju start Juju basically is what I'm saying um Jason Nick Vanette gets added Vance McDonald was spotted in a sling he's not supposed to play do you give any? They gave up a fifth round pick. They now traded two picks to stay alive this year, despite yeah, the know. fact that they're zero and three. Do you give Nick Vanette a shot at tight end by any chance? Absolutely not, man. Come yeah, on, I'm just asking. So James Conner has been horrible. Um, he's the RB thirty on the season right now. That is not even an RB two. He was drafted as an RB one. Now he was drafted as an RB one when Big Ben was in. So there is that, but. You assume that he would get more work with Rudolph in. He faced a lot of stacked boxes. But this Cincinnati front seven, although they're good at getting to the quarterback, they have been able to get beaten by the run. So with that being said, James Conner, how do you feel about him, Jason? You were kind of his champion in this offseason. Yeah, well, I mean, when Big Ben gets hurt, Everything changed. I tweeted about it. Right, yeah. Michael loved uh, Juju, you loved Conner, and I loved Conner too. And, you know, when Big Ben gets hurt, everything changes. Uh, but he does, did have 17 touches last week. He's still going to be a volume back. Uh, and the Steelers' offense hopefully won't look as bad as it did last week. They had like five turnovers against the 49ers, whose defense has good looked pretty good this season. Um, so Cincinnati, on the other hand, has been getting torched by everyone and everything. I'm cool with James Conner as a high-end RB2 this week. I think he'll uh, he'll make his owners happy. Yeah, I agree. It's It's now or never for James Conner, though. As like a high end option. Yeah. That is my RB eight. If it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen against Cincinnati. Um, let's go over to the Cincinnati Bengals side, unless there's someone else you guys want to talk about. You're not starting Mason Rudolph. Uh anyone no. else you guys want to talk of talk of here? No? Okay. No. Um uh, let's go to the Cincinnati. Tyler Boyd is just doing Tyler Boyd things. Uh high floor, getting a lot of targets. He's gonna continue to get a lot of targets. He's Andy Dalton's favorite target. Um uh, he's the safest player on this squad. Yeah, I mean, 10, 17, and 10. Can't really complain with that. That's, and, that's uh, half PPR scoring, by the half way. Half PPR scoring. That's 10 against Buffalo last week is solid. Buffalo's the best pass defense in the league. Now against Pitt. Pitt uh, stymied the, the 49. Who, who did they play last week? I'm blanking. Niners. The Niners, yeah. Stymied the Niners' pass attack last week, but before that, they were awful. So... They definitely can be passed on, and the Zach Taylor offense has looked pretty solid passing the ball. The most heavy uh, passing team in neutral situations is the Cincinnati Bengals, so they're going to be slinging it, and Boyd and I, John Ross. I'm just going to jump into John Ross because a lot of people are down on John Ross, and I've seen him dropped in a few leagues. I have him as my uh, <clears throat> my wide receiver 37 this week. I think he's a 
very solid wide receiver three option if you have to play him and a super solid flex option. He played, yes, he went two for 22 on six targets. He played 100% of the snaps, 1-0-0. Damian Willis, who was playing 90% of the snaps week one, went from 64 to zero. And then Auden Tate came out of nowhere and played 89% of the snaps. But we already spoke about this. Zach Taylor's offense is similar to the Sean McVay offense in which three wide receivers are almost always on the field. And John Ross played 100% of the snaps against the Steelers' exploitable secondary. I, I like John Ross to possibly score another long touchdown this week. Ooh, frisky. Um, Joe Mixon came alive. He actually apologized to his fantasy people out there and said, I haven't been producing at the rate that I should be. Did he apologize for every single game since his career started? <laughs> I mean, he's had good games, Michael. Um, <laughs> I know. With that being said, I kind of like Joe Mixon in this matchup. Yeah. Same. It's a good matchup overall for the Bengals. The Steelers' defense has not been um, very good. And if you look at what their offense has done, I mean, they've put up 20, 17, 17. Like, they're getting into the end zone a little bit. Obviously, they're not blowing the world away, but they're getting in. And Andy Dalton has 20, 19, and 18. I, I have him as my 12th quarterback this week. I think he's going to perform, which bounces off of Tyler Boyd, John Ross. And then Joe Mixon should get involved in the passing game a little bit. Uh, he caught a touchdown last week. But again, he just he's a volume back. He's averaging 2.8 yards per attempt. We could have told you that was going to happen. Uh, but if any, this uh, in a good matchup when they should score and have a chance to win, this is the week where you want to start him. Uh, I should let you guys re- recall that Andy Dalton has a very poor track record in primetime games. In his career, 57% completion percentage, 201 touchdowns per game. I mean, 201, <laughs> 201 yards yeah. per game, 1.2 touchdowns per game, and a rating of 73.6 with a 4-8 and record. So let's not forget the infamous Andy Dalton and his... It was a Marvin Lewis-led team, though. True, and these stats are from are are not completely up to date. They get worse, so um, just keep that in mind. He's not very good in the in prime the bright time. lights. In the bright lights. Uh, with that being said, let's get to our final segment: the Thrive Five again. Drum roll. Listen up. Listen up closely. Please join ThriveFantasy.com or the Thrive app. And it is a daily fantasy game where you bet on props, over and unders. It's basically what you're doing when you're start sitting, right? You're betting on who's going to have over this or over that um, or under that. Excuse me. Uh, if you use the promo code BRODO, you get $10 matched on your first deposit or $10 of $10 or more. Uh, we talked to the guys recently, and they said a bunch of people have signed up, but they haven't deposited money. So if you got the app sitting in your in your, uh, phone. In your phone right now. Don't forget to put in money. If you already put in the promo code BRODO, get the $10. It's going to cost you $10. But then you get $20. Boom. You doubled your money. That's your first good bet right there. Boom. So, Jason, with that being said, what do you got for us, bud? All right. So I'm going to pick out five that I think are interesting. The first one, even odds, 105.5 total yards for Alvin Kamara. Against Dallas, I, I'm betting the over. I'm going to say over, although it's close. Like over, right? It's I'm close. surprised the odds are even. All right. Next up, Tyler Lockett, over, under, half a touchdown. What are the points here? Over, you get 125. Under, you get 75. 
Ooh, give me the over. I'm going to take over just because I want the points, but I, I don't think... I'm taking the chance on the over. I this don't is, think Lockett scores a touchdown this week. I this think is, I think Disley has a chance to score a couple. It's pretty funny because we made a bet in the previous episode about Lockett scoring a touchdown. And he did. <laughs> we did. Word. Uh, overall yards, passing and rushing, against Cleveland is Lamar Jackson. He's favored to be under. Over under 290 and a half yards. Hmm. Against Cleveland. Against is Cleveland. 110 points for under, 90 points for over. So over. sorry, he's favored to go over. Uh, I want to say over anyway. I think I'd do the under here. I think I could win without him producing a giant amount of yards. I like, even the, odds I like here, the points. Even odds here. Marlon Mack, 62 and a half rush yards. I'm going over on this one. I think you're going to pound him into the ground. I think you wait until... I think you wait. If T.Y. plays That's true. over, if T.Y. doesn't... If T.Y. doesn't play over, if T.Y. does play under. Against Oakland, 62.5 isn't asking that much, and I don't like Marlon Mack. Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes. Ooh. The under is 75. The over is 125 points. Whoa. One and a half passing touchdowns against the Redskins. Over. Give me the over. Give me that over With all the points. day. Give me You're that over two passing all day. With the 125 That's points. tougher than it seems, man. He, he can rush day. them in. He can hand some off. He could just not play well. I think Timmy made it clear already, Jay. All day. All day. Against the Redskins, all day. Sorry, I apologize. All day. That is it. That's five. Damn, that's five already? Maybe we got to save it to the five, Thrive 10, but that doesn't sound nearly as cool. Uh, Jason, where can they find not you? At all. <laughs> the Thrive 5 times 2. <laughs> Jason, where can they find Jason you? Jason Michael? At Mike underscore Patrop. You can find me at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real frisky. Real frisky. Shout out to at BrotoFantasy.com on Sundays. We give you every single touchdown as they are scored. On top, uh, Also follow us for start-sit decisions every single Sunday morning. Um, we play a football game in the morning, and then when we're done playing the football game, we answer your questions. Um, we're This week, we're all going to be together up in Ithaca. Uh, chilling with Jason yeah. during Apple Fest, eating some Apple products. Um, Yummy! And so we're all visiting him. Some so homemade jams and yeah, shit. We're all gonna we're all gonna be there for those patrons mm, who signed so up. For those patrons who signed up on uh, the tier that we have to give you a personal shout out. We haven't been in the same room together for a while because Jason's away. We're gonna be in the same room this week, so we're gonna shoot those. Uh, this weekend, we're going to send those out. So if you didn't get that yet, we didn't lie to you. It's coming. Um, also, if you are wondering, what is this Patreon we're talking about? Patreon.com slash Fantasy. Since the last time we talked to you, we've added, what, eight or nine? Eight. Eight people. So we're up to 48. Let's try our best to get it to 50. We are so overwhelmed and overjoyed by your guys' contributions. Thank you so it's much. It's really awesome. It's really uh, Jason. It is. I, you know, we were just talking about Jason had was like, Man, I don't know if we should do this yet. You know, blah blah blah. You know, I, I, what if we get like five patrons, and here we are, like pushing fifty. So you guys have blown us out of the water, and we really appreciate it. And and, and it's your confidence in us that allows us to continue doing this. And in in this world where you know we got to make we got to make ends meet. Uh, Jason got to pay for law school. Michael got to pay for his schooling. I got to pay for my marriage and shit and rent and all that shit. So um, so old. And on top of that, <laughs> and on top of that, we got to you know pay for upgrades in the studio. Uh, if you listen to the Monday episode, we got ourselves a little soundboard, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, we um, do. So it, it's going to continue to go and go and go. We got ourselves a, a subscription to NFL Game Pass. Uh, 
you know, so we could really watch these players and, and study the game film. So everything that you give us, we reinvest into the company and give you guys a better product. So if you feel like uh, giving us, you know, some some money and and if you appreciate the product for as little as three dollars you can get an extra episode on tuesdays uh you can get uh the discord the discord which fire community in the discord we love it shout out to big willie again who wishes us a good morning every single monday uh shout out to the the don himself the man maldo uh for who's been a supporter of mine from day one love that guy and um shout out to everyone else jess and the tingle and, and everyone and everyone else that's in that chat every single day. Uh, it's awesome to see you guys, and it's awesome that you're there. Um, sorry if I didn't name you personally, but uh, we love you. If Even though G. Martin, who's always in there, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just so many guys and, and so many girls. 48 people, to be exact. Yes, about 48 <laughs> people. So shout-out to you guys. We really appreciate it. And I'm, I'm over here being sappy. It's time for us to go. Um, but we wish you good good. Good fortune. Good fortune uh, in the upcoming week. And, you know, it's, it's week four. So it's time. It's time. My rule, because I won't say our rule anymore because the twins don't like it when I say our rule. My rule is that after week four, you completely throw all the shit from last year out the window. Well, and now you have a brand new slate. That's a completely different rule. We That rule makes yeah, sense. Yeah, we like that Usually rule. week four is when things start getting sticky. Right. That's, Trends. Right. So that's when ne- starting next week is where we really get the clear picture of what this year is going to look like all the way which would make well it's going to make our fantasy analysis even better so stick with the brodo fantasy football podcast and with that being said follow oh follow at brodo wrap up and at brodo nfl on twitter i'm sorry on instagram excuse me that's going to change the brodo fantasy uh by the end of the week so definitely check that out and until next time see you later later